Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for joining me today. We are officially into season two of Weathering the Storm, so I appreciate everyone listening and uh, liking and sharing some of these episodes, and, and I certainly hope that last season and this season will be helpful to you. Uh, I mentioned in the first episode last week that we were going to have guests on the show, and so I'm uh, staying true to that promise. And today we have our first guest of season two, and it's my good friend, Jameson Stewart. Uh, Jameson, if you will, introduce yourself, brother. Tell us about your family, uh, where you went to school, and what you're doing in the kingdom. Uh, yeah, man, uh, married to Ashley. Uh, we've been married since June of 2013. Uh, we have two boys, Nate and Kaysen. Uh, one, Nate's five years old and Kaysen's two. Uh, and Lord willing, soon we have, uh, really in just a few weeks, actually, a uh, little girl being born, Ava Drew. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to all of us being together. Uh, as far as school goes, uh, I went to, graduated from the University of Mississippi uh, several years back. Uh, also graduated from Memphis School of Preaching with Drew. Uh, we were in the same class. Uh, currently working with the Smithville Church of Christ in Smithville, Mississippi. Uh, good folks here. Um, thankful to be able to serve alongside them uh, in in doing the Lord's work. Um, involved with uh, a work called the Community Messenger. Uh, it's a it's a work that Smithville Church of Christ, the elders here oversee. Um, we send out articles every week, promote them on social media, on Facebook uh, to folks all over the world. Uh, Drew's one of the writers in that, as well as uh, quite a few other brethren are thankfully helping me out with the writing there. Uh, also, a uh, host podcast called Asking God Why, where we look at a book of the Bible and we go through it and we pay attention to a, a question that is answered in that book. Right now, we're in the book of Job, uh, where we're asking God, why do good people suffer? So uh, glad to glad to be on with you today, Drew. Man, I appreciate it, and I've uh, really been looking forward to this episode, uh, to doing it with you, and I appreciate everything you just said and all the work that you're doing. Uh, I've really enjoyed the Community Messenger, uh, being able to write and have those articles weekly, uh, and also your podcast, Asking God Why, has been really, really good. So I encourage our listeners to, to hop on there and listen to that. Uh, if you haven't yet, and that question of why, a lot of people are asking, uh, but, you know, that's a biblical thing. It's, it's found throughout Scripture of asking God why. Uh, and that's something that uh, we need to do sometimes. We need to question it just to, to find the answers. We find that in the Word of God. So certainly appreciate you being with me today and looking forward to this episode. In episode one of Weathering the Storm, we talked about weathering the storm by running. And it's not as it sounds. We talked about running the race that is set before us, uh, to run it with the uh, run it with purpose, to run it with persistence, and to run it with confidence, looking unto Jesus, who is the trailblazer and perfecter of our faith. Uh, but today, we want to examine a different topic as we strive to weather the storm by praying. So as we begin, Jameson, uh, you know, a lot of people in 2020, with all that's going on, we hear a lot of folks say, hey, make sure you're praying. Keep praying. Don't worry about all this. Just pray about it. And I appreciate that, and I understand what they're saying. But I think it might help our listeners to just stop and say, what exactly is prayer, and what exactly are we to be praying at this time? So how would you describe, how would you define prayer? Well, prayer is really 
just if we're going to kind of boil it all the way down to, you know, just the meaning of what it is, prayer is just simply talking to God. Uh, yeah. Scripture, as we look at people who, who prayed and we have those prayers recorded, there's uh, prayers of thanksgiving, people thanking God for either what they have or what he has done, uh, praising God, uh, praising mm-hmm. him for who he is. Uh, there's prayers maybe making a request of God, asking God for something. Um, there's also prayers in Scripture that are just simply, you know, maybe the person, it's as if they don't really know what to say or they don't know what to pray or what to ask for, and they're just in the midst of some trial and some storm in life. They're just pouring what they're feeling out to God. We have prayers like that in Scripture too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so prayer is just taking taking what's on our mind and going to God with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Bible is the mind of God revealed to man. And so God communicates to us through his word. And, and as you said, we, we pour out what we're feeling. We pour out our mind uh, in the best way that we can through the avenue of prayer. And so that's the two-way street of communication. Uh, but you, you triggered a thought, speaking of you're talking to God, you're telling him how you feel. And, and Paul said, speaking of prayer, that it was his heart's desire to God. And so that's another way we could describe prayer. So it, as we define prayers, we describe it. It's talking to God. It's communicating with him. It's letting him know what is on your, your heart and your mind. And even though he already knows that, he knows what we're thinking. Uh, it's a wonderful privilege that we have as Christians to go to him and, and know that he hears us. And other scriptures tell us that as well. With that thought in mind, I'm going to ask this question. How does prayer help us? when the storms of life come our way? Well, during the storms of life and, you know, during, you know, trials and difficulties and, you know, we all go through, you know, difficult times and different things in our lives. Um, Just thinking back to, you know, some of those times in my own life, you know, it's easy. It's easy during those times to feel very helpless, to feel very uh, out of control of what's happening and prayer praying to God acknowledges that while, you know, I may feel helpless and while I know that this situation is out of my control, I know that God is not helpless and the situation is not out of God's control. Um, And so prayer is in a way prayer is humbling ourselves and acknowledging that when it comes to these situations in life, so often, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We, we don't know the outcome, but we can go to God acknowledging that he measures up in all of those areas where we tend to fall so short as human beings. Um, also in those difficult times, uh, you know, perhaps like some of the times we're facing now, there tends to be so much information that's coming our way. You know, what's true, what's not, what can I trust? What, what can I not trust? Um, it's easy to feel confused and it's easy to feel lost in all the information, uh, true and false, that comes our way. And prayer acknowledges that, you know, while we may not know exactly what to do, God does and God knows what needs to be done. And it's just submitting ourselves to his will and praying as so many in scripture did, mm-hmm. thy will be done. That's right. Yeah, and you're right. It's It's recognizing that, that God is in control and, and that he has the ability uh, to help us. Uh, like you said, sometimes we, we don't know 
what to do, how to respond. Uh, 2020 has certainly brought a lot of challenges. I said in the first episode that 2020 could be defined as a storm, an ongoing storm. And just when you think things are calming down, here comes another wave, it seems like. Uh, but like you said, God is that constant. And when we go to him in prayer, we recognize that, that he is in control. You know, as you mentioned that some of the prayers in the scriptures, we can look at individuals who prayed to God and, and, and they went through difficult times. And, and one of those individuals that comes to my mind is David. We look at the life of David. He was one who, of course, was uh, the one who defeated Goliath as a young man. He was the sweet uh, psalmist of Israel. He was the sweet singer of Israel. We know him from uh, his great victory there. He was a king. Uh, we open up to Matthew's account. You think about Jesus and the lineage, and it says, Son of David. There's a lot of references to David in the scriptures. But even though we think about him in, in a good light, he also did some, some horrible things, really. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. And we think about maybe some of the, the issues that he had. But in the New Testament, we have this statement found in the book of Acts that David was a man after God's own heart. And so we want to think about maybe David and, and some of the storms that he faced. Davidson, what comes to your mind when you think about David, a man after God's own heart, maybe some of the storms that he faced and how he prayed to God in the midst of those storms? Yeah, well, some of the storms Daniel faced is one of the ones you mentioned was his sin with Bathsheba and yeah. then uh, having her husband killed. So basically mm -hmm. guilty of adultery and guilty of murder. Right. Um, also, earlier on in his life, before he became king, he was constantly there for a period of time running for his life from King Saul. So a man on the run, a man who's constantly having to look over his shoulder, um, wondering if today's going to be his last day on this earth because yeah. Saul, the king, is after him. Um, later on, after his sin with Bathsheba and killing Uriah, uh, he has uh, one of his own sons rise up against him and, and tries to take the throne, Absalom. And he's on the run this time, once again, looking over his shoulder again. Uh, I wonder if David had some very unpleasant flashbacks to running from Saul. But this mm -hmm. time he's not running from uh, Saul, but he's running from his own son. Yeah. Um, when you think about a person like that, I think it would be very easy um, to become very bitter uh, yeah. to become just someone who's, you know, mad at the world and mad at life. I mean, it seems as everything's against you. Um, exactly. But what we find in David's prayers is sometimes he did feel like everyone was against him, but his prayers reflect that he felt like everyone was against him. But even if that was true, it didn't matter because he knew that he was on God's side. That's right. Um, and so even someone like David who endured far more than, any of us will ever face in our life. Mm -hmm. um, his prayers say quite a bit about really who he believed God to be. That's right. And showing his dependence on God, as we've already mentioned. Yeah. And I've often wondered, you know, as this year has progressed, I wonder if David were to wake up, uh, you know, July the 9th, 2020, if he were to wake up and be in 2020, how would he approach his day? I would venture to say that some of the prayers that we find in the Psalms, he would be the same, the same prayers would be offered today. Uh, as you said, what we're facing, we probably won't ever face, you know, what he did. Not only the personal storms, but maybe the political 
pressure that he had as being king, you know, for all those years. He, he must have just really had a lot on his mind, a lot on his plate. But he, he gives us the example of how prayer is such a valuable tool to help us weather the storms of life. And so David certainly is, is a great example. And with that being said, we want to spend the remainder of our time today, hopefully helping our listeners uh, to look at some specific prayers that David offered that helped him to weather the storm, and maybe they will help us. In fact, uh, Jameson, sometimes, and you may do the same, I find myself reading a psalm and then just praying it back to God. Uh, This was a man who was after God's own heart. We get a glimpse into that, and, and this is his prayer life. This is what he was going through, and he took it to God. And so what we want to do is look at three specific psalms. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, as our listeners, if you have them nearby, we, we certainly invite you to, to read along with us. I believe both of us will be using the New King James today. We're going to look at Psalm 6, Psalm 7, and Psalm 51. And certainly we could have picked any, any of the psalms, but these are the three that kind of jumped out to us that we want to share with our listeners today. Again, looking at David's prayer life, and how he was able to weather the storm. In the first place, we're going to look at Psalm 6. And, Jameson, I'm going to read this one for us. And here, as you look at the subscription or the uh, the main statement before it, it says, Psalm 6, a prayer of faith in time of distress. And that is a, a great topic. <laughs> it's a great line uh, because that's certainly something that is relevant to right now in 2020, a prayer of faith. Uh, we are in a time of distress, no doubt. But let's let's listen to David and how he prayed to God during the storm. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me. O save me for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. And the Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. Jameson, what jumps out to you from this great prayer offered by David? Well, uh, a few things that kind of stand out is it's obvious for David that during this time of distress, during this storm of life, uh, the thought of, of him not being on the Lord's side was a thought that David, uh, David didn't even want to think about what that meant. Right. Um, he, he depends on the Lord for mercy. He depends on the Lord for deliverance. Um, and, and it's interesting that his reason for wanting to live, his reason for wanting to be delivered, he says is so that he can praise God and so that he can thank him, that he can uh, bring remembrance to God, you know, point people to God for what he has done. Right. Um, it's not, it's not really selfish reasons that he's wanting to be delivered, but he's wanting to be delivered to glorify God. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a, a very selfless attitude. Again, gives us a glimpse into his heart. It's, yeah. He knows he's going through difficult times. I think 
verses six and seven have always kind of jumped out to me. Uh, being weary with his groaning all night, I make my bed swim. That language there, you know, carries the idea of someone just crying themselves to sleep, and they wake up, uh, and their their pillow is soaking wet because they've cried all night long. This is where David was at. He's in a time of distress, he, and he's not holding anything back. Like you said, he's depending on God. He's going to him. Uh, he wants to glorify God through this. Uh, but before we move on to Psalm 7, I, I would like to point out the second half of verse 8 and then verse 9. And this is, to me, you know, it shows his confidence in God. It shows the assurance that when he prayed, he knew someone was listening. He says, Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication, and the Lord will receive my prayer. And so David, in his mind, can go back to when God had delivered him from a difficult time. But he also has the confidence that God will hear him in the future, that he will receive my prayer. So these tears weren't falling on deaf ears. You know, when David is crying out to God, God's there to listen to him. And so this prayer shows that even though David was going through a very difficult time, he trusted in God, and he knew that God could deliver him. Any other thoughts you have on Psalm six? Uh, no, that was a you know that's a really good point, and, and it reminds us is you know when we go through something that perhaps you know we spend you know we cry ourselves to sleep at night too. Uh, we need to remember, as David did, that you know God hasn't forgotten about us, and like you said. Those tears are not falling upon deaf ears, but he does hear us. That's right. Um, and he sees us and he understands and he knows what we're going through. Uh, David absolutely knew that God saw him and that God yeah. understood and God knew. And that's, that's an important reminder to us when we go through the things that we face as well. Absolutely. And I think uh, for our listeners today, you know, we don't know what you're going through, but we all know that this year has been difficult. It's been challenging. But know that if your life is in harmony with God and you're asking things according to his will, uh, that he will hear you and that he will be there for you. We have that promise found throughout the New Testament. One of my favorite passages is 1 Peter 3.12, uh, saying that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. And so just a great reminder that God's there for us. Well, if nothing else, let's move on to Psalm 7. If you have your Bibles, you'll notice it's back-to-back, uh, -back, and sometimes we get thrown off by chapter divisions, headings, things like that. But one thing that I love in the Psalms is just to keep reading through them. Uh, and if you read Psalms 6 and 7 back-to-back, -back, it's, it's very, very helpful. And this Psalm says, A prayer and praise for deliverance from enemies. And so first we notice a prayer of faith and distress, now we get to a specific storm of David, you know, trying to run from enemies. So, Jameson, if you will, read Psalm 7 for us, and then we'll discuss it. All right. O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me, lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who is at peace with me or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you. For their sakes, therefore, return on high. 
The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he does not turn back, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealings shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Thank you very much. And again, a heartfelt prayer offered by David to God. What, uh, what jumps out to you here in Psalm 7 in this prayer? Well, a few things. Um, first of all, David recognized the power of his enemies. He knew how strong they were, and he knew... Uh, he knew the danger that he was in, but he knew that God was stronger. He knew his enemies were not more powerful than God. Um, David also here in this psalm, where he is really making requests that God's justice be brought upon those who are doing wicked, David also, before he does that, he first considers himself when he prays to God. He first looks in the mirror and he says, look, if I have done these things that I'm being accused of, if, if I've done this wickedness that they are accusing me of, then, then let me get my just reward. Mm -hmm. uh, so David first looks in the mirror. He looks at himself. And then also he appeals to God's justice, but at the end he praises God's righteousness as well. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what jumps out to me is, is, the way this psalm begins and the way it ends, it starts off, Oh Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. And at the end, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. So uh, he, he, his trust, his faith in God never wavered. And like you said, it's a great point that God is more powerful than his enemies. You know, I think about us today as, as Christians striving to, to live a faithful Christian life. Our enemy, our adversary, Satan, uh, is no doubt alive and well today, very active but God is more powerful than our enemy. He's more powerful than Satan. And we know that from the book of Job, something you brought out in your podcast, uh, that, that is, is very important for us to remember, uh, that God is, is the supreme being. He's the one who has all the power. But something else that jumps out too is there in verse 9, when David says, for the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. So God knew that David was a man for his own heart. And this just kind of gives a glimpse into that. When David went through a difficult time, he turned to God. When he was running from enemies, he turned to God. He, he never wavered uh, as far as, you know, his, his understanding, his great conviction uh, that God could deliver him from whatever he went through. Now, it's not saying he was sinlessly perfect, not saying that he never made mistakes. But when he did, he acknowledged it, he owned up to it, and he gave it to God so he could move forward. And so we've looked at Psalm 6 and we've looked at Psalm 7. Uh, but now, if, if nothing else, let's go over to Psalm 51. And this psalm, you know, to me, Jameson, I think Psalm 51 might be, might be the one psalm, the one prayer 
that David offers that really gives us a glimpse uh, into his heart. We mentioned earlier that, that David was you know, an adulterer and a murderer. As you go to the events recorded there in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, we think about you know, David making the mistake of, of lying with Bathsheba. She belonged to Uriah. Uh, and then he had Uriah on the front lines to be killed. And so here in this the subscription here on Psalm 51, it says a prayer of repentance. A psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So this is a moment in time, as we mentioned in the introduction, this is one of the storms that David faced. How would he respond to being guilty of adultery and murder? Uh, like you said earlier, this could cause someone to be very bitter for someone to just throw in a towel and say, well, I give up. Look how awful, you know, look at these awful things I've done. There's no way I can get back to where I need to be. That's not what David does here in this prayer. So let's read Psalm 51. And we certainly encourage our listeners to, to read this with us. This is a, a powerful, powerful Psalm. And then we'll discuss uh, how this gives us a glimpse into David's heart. Have mercy upon me, O God according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Notice, moving on, verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Notice also here in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. I skipped over some of these verses because I want us to focus in on David's heart, pouring it out to God in, in this great prayer. Jameson, what are some thoughts that come to your mind as we think about Psalm 51? Well, in reading this psalm, uh, David understands that having his sins forgiven, and he doesn't downplay his sin either and the seriousness no. of it. I mean, you read the language, and he fully understands the seriousness of what he has done. Right. Uh, he understands that if he's going to have his sins forgiven, it's going to require God's mercy. Uh, I mean, the, begin the way this chapter starts, have mercy upon me according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. He understands that he, is ha he, he has to appeal to the mercy of God to have right. his sins forgiven. Mm -hmm. uh, and David, in, in thinking about this psalm also, there was a desire to be restored so that then he could tell others of the wonderful mercy of God. It's... it's Yes, he wanted to be restored so that he could be right with God once more, but it's more than that. It's wanting to be right with God so that he can tell others and right. so that they can be right with God. Um, 
there's this part of David where, yes, he was thinking of himself, but there was a big part of David that was always thinking of, of you know, I've, I've got to tell others That's about right. the mercy of God, about the blessings that he offers. Yeah, and, and you know, as we make the direct parallel today, every Christian should have that same mentality. You know, every Christian has a responsibility to spread the gospel, uh, to teach and to preach it to others. And like you said, you know, David, he wanted to, to let others know that they can be forgiven. If, if David could be forgiven, they could. You know, for us, we think about maybe the Apostle Paul. Paul referred to himself as the chief of sinners. Uh, he was one who destroyed the faith. He was one who uh, did many things contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. That's what we find in the New Testament. And yet he was forgiven. And so we see one who once destroyed the faith, now he's preaching it. And how powerful that must have been for those to hear him. Here's where I was, but here's what God did for me. And that's the whole point of it. You know, we've been forgiven that we can go and teach others what they can do to be forgiven. And so that's a great point you bring out is David is praying this prayer, understanding that he he needs God's mercy. He needs forgiveness, not just for the purpose of making sure his, his life is right, but so he can help others. So that's a really good point that you brought out. One thing that jumps out to me is showing in this prayer his, his dependence on God, but also the confidence that he has in God to do these things for him. And something that jumps out there is all the, the, the verbs, all the action words, you know, as David's saying. He says, have mercy upon me. He said it's according to your loving kindness, the multitude of your tender mercies. He's referring to God. One thing that I did in my Bible and, and I encourage our listeners to do is every time you see the word you or your in reference to God, underline it or, or circle it. And just to see that, that David is addressing this to God. He's not you know, praying within himself. But he asked God, he calls on God to blot out his transgressions, to wash him, to cleanse him. Verse 7, purge me, wash me. Verse 8, make me. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit. Verse 12, restore me uh, to me the joy of your salvation. And so over and over again, David is, is reiterating the confidence he has in God to help him get through this difficult time, to get through this storm. Uh, and if he goes to God in faith, nothing wavering, as James reminds us to do, uh, he has full confidence that God is going to be there for him. And so these three psalms, and as we said, we could have picked any three. Uh, in fact, I, I would encourage, James, I'm sure you're right there with me. I'd encourage our listeners to just read through the book of Psalms of the remainder of 2020 and spend these next six months really diving into the psalms because it can be very, uh, very encouraging. But now that we've looked at these, these three, Psalm 6, Psalm 7, Psalm 51, we've noticed a, a prayer of David, uh, a faith in time of distress, prayer when he's running from enemies, and also a prayer of repentance. As we kind of bring this episode to a close and we try to, to summarize what we've talked about, what can we gather from these three psalms uh, regarding the importance of prayer, maybe the focus of our prayers to God, uh, when we are striving to weather the storm, maybe some things that our listeners can take with them and it might help them? What, what, what comes to your mind? I guess really two things uh, and kind of – trying to condense these three Psalms down, two things really kind of stand out to me. Um, first of all, it, it's the attention that David gives to himself and, and his condition truly. For example, in Psalm six, 
he understands that he stands in need of the mercy of God. In Psalm 7, he understands that if I'm going to ask for the justice of God, I had better take a close look at myself in the mirror. In Psalm 51, it is a psalm examining and truly being honest with how serious his sin really is. So as we think about prayer and we think about going through the storms of life and we think about prayer, we first have to truly consider ourselves uh, and think about ourselves. We don't need to, uh, you know, it's easy to maybe try to make ourselves feel better about ourselves or try to gloss over some things in our life that we don't need to be glossing over. Mm-hmm. When we look at David's prayers, he is very honest and very open with with God about himself and the things that he has done or the things that perhaps he has done. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very honest about that. And also in these Psalms, as we see in Psalm 51, and also we saw in Psalm 6, he desires to be delivered. He desires to be forgiven. He desires God's mercy so that he can then in turn declare those things to others and glorify God and point people to God. Uh, something that I was thinking about uh, as you were talking about and making the point about, uh, you know, telling others is perhaps part of the reason why, you know, sometimes evangelism can be such a challenging thing and it can be for all of us. Yeah. I wonder if part of the reason why it's as challenging as it is, is because so many times we don't actually understand the significance of having our sins forgiven. Right. Because what I see in reading what David wrote here, he understood, he understood the significance of God's mercy and having his sins forgiven. And what that motivated him to do was, I've got to, I've got to tell other people about this. I've got to glorify God in telling others. Right. Perhaps the reason why we don't tell others is we have never, is we have, sometimes we don't take an honest look in the mirror at ourselves to even begin to understand the significance of forgiveness. And so right. if we don't understand it ourselves, why in the world uh, would we tell anyone else about it? Um, maybe it reflects a problem that sometimes we have of, we just, we overlook just how significant God's mercy and God's forgiveness really is. That's right. Uh, But David, David illustrates that very well in these Psalms. Yeah, he does. And, and, and really that's, I believe it sums up why he was a man for God's own heart. He, he, he recognized that God was the one who could deliver him. He recognized his own shortcomings. But as we've been saying, when it came to these different storms that he faced, David in turn wanted to be able to weather those storms, of course, with God's help, so he could come out on the other side and show others, look what God did for me. God brought me through this storm that I faced. There's no way I could have done it by myself. I think that's something that we could do really that could just change this world. Honestly, the only thing that's going to change this world is the gospel. It's the only thing that's going to do it. And if Christians don't take the gospel to the world, then the world's going to continue to lie in darkness and wickedness. If we can, if we can truly see the greatness, the vastness of what it means to have redemption in Christ and to have all of our sins washed away by his blood, Acts 22, 16 reminds us of that. We won't be able to hold it back. We won't, you can't help but tell somebody about it. And that's how we're going to 
uh, be able to spread the gospel and, and be pleasing to God. So we learn from David that even when you're going through the storms of life, God can be glorified. And, and Jameson, me and you have talked about this before. No matter what happens the rest of this year, no matter what has happened, God's going to be glorified <laughs> one way or the other. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so what we do, what we say, needs to be to his glory. And Jesus reminds us of that, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So we can gather from these three Psalms then that when we're facing difficulties, we need to recognize our own failures. Like you said, look in the mirror. Understand that, that God's grace and mercy is what can bring us out of this difficult time. But when we do come out on the other side, let's not forget to give God the glory and the praise for it. In fact, let's go and tell others about it so they can they can weather the storms that they may be facing. Yeah, kind of. I guess David's desire was to be brought out of the storm so he could glorify God and then reach back into the storm to bring people who were still in it out. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah. And he understood, you know, I'm not the only one. There are other people facing things too. And this and what God is offering can help them too. And Absolutely. what a you know, what a powerful lesson that is for us. It is. It's a message of hope, uh, and I believe it's something that might uh, might help some people. And I hope that we've helped our listeners today to realize that regardless of what storm you may be going through, take it to God in prayer. Uh, we can see in David and his life, that's what he did, and God was able to deliver him. And God is still the great deliverer today, and he's the Amen. one who can carry us through. So, James, I appreciate your time today, brother. I appreciate your your great study and your insight to these. And, and again, I, I thank our listeners for listening today. And we hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.